seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You Cafe. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I wanted to hear from you listeners on last week's question and discussion. Last week's podcast, when Derek and I spoke about fear, our own fears and how they developed, we received a number of responses that further deepened dialogue. Joining us today on Get to Know You Cafe is Yami Rosa from Tuesday's podcast. Welcome, Yami. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, excellent. So excited to have you back. Earlier, you were given the topic from last week's podcast to reflect. Uh, you've You've also listened to the podcast. So prior to listening to the different responses that we're going to discuss, what are your thoughts on on the discussion that me and Derek had? I find it really interesting. And I, I really enjoyed that topic because I feel like it's it's either the make or break of a lot of people's lives. So it's either we overcome fear or be consumed by fear. So I think fear is an interesting, uh, uh, interesting dialogue or idea to play with and see how it affects us uh, personally and as a society. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now I will read some responses where some people shared their fears. The first response is from Debbie from Colorado. She shared her fear of confrontation. When faced with it, she has a physical reaction to it and shuts down. She says it's probably because she grew up in a household where nobody was open with their feelings and it was taught to suppress reactions. So basically, it is a learned behavior from her parents and upbringing. Now, why is confrontation, do you think, so crippling? Oh, I love this one. This is a great question. Um, I think because there's so many subtopics connected to confrontation. So in the case of um, this person, you know, it wasn't something that was done. So anytime there is something new, it's always uncomfortable. Um, And also when you're expressing how you feel and having to do it face-to-face to to another person, um, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. Um, You could have meant it in the most, you know, calm and the most innocent way possible, but you don't know how the other side is going to receive it. Um, So you're always having this fear of like, oh, let's see what's going to happen. I'm going to take this leap of faith that what I say or how I express it is going to be taken how I want it to be. But I feel like we've noticed uh, or many of us have experienced that it's not always the case. Like what we say, is never taken exactly how we want it to be. There's always other experiences that happen and change what your words are trying to express into something completely different. And it just kind of blows up in your face. 
Absolutely, um, absolutely. I see that where you're going with that actually, and it brings up different like memories from the past and my my experiences with other people. Like it's so simple. It could be like you know me and you have maybe I say something to you, but you the words I say is not because I'm saying it, but maybe it brings up something from the past and you and you take it in such an, in a negative way. It's just something like because of our past experiences, how someone says something to us may trigger something, and we're like, why did you say that for? And yeah. so I understand, like, you know, when it comes to, I wouldn't say confrontation for me is something I avoid, but I understand where, like, you know, the first few seconds of someone, you know, wanting to say something to you or, hey, we need to talk about something could be so, like, crippling and really be like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's it's basically a fear. It's a, another, like, this fear that um, stops you from, you know, being honest or true to yourself um, and just saying uh, what's on your mind but I think it can also backfire because you know if you don't think about what you're going to say um, then <laughs> 90% to 100% it's going to come out the wrong way but if you think about what you're going to say there's like a 50% chance it's still going to be taken the wrong way so confrontation is so unknown it's like this area where it's unexpected you don't know what's going to happen so it, I think that's the part that cripples people. When it becomes a fear, it takes over you where you want to avoid it at all costs. But is that healthy? Because when you avoid the conflict, do you ever resolve anything? Do you ever actually let people know how you feel? And who is it hurting? It's probably hurting you more than anyone because then you're never going to get what you want because you don't voice it. And like if you are not telling other people what you feel, whether it's something that is minimum to like, oh, can you please lower your volume or to something like you're being a bitch, like get the fuck away from me. You know, <laughs> whether it's any kind of confrontation, whichever it might be, the lowest scale to the highest scale. Um, if you don't express yourself in any kind of way, then you're hurting yourself. And then you're going to be like that person who's the ticking time bomb, who's kind of like absorbing and, and containing all this like anger and frustration and then one day you're going to blow up and once you blow up then there's no coming back from that like from small confrontations you can heal you know you can be like oh. you know maybe I was wrong if you were or maybe you know the other person could be can realize you know that they were causing you some kind of discomfort um but when you blow up like that most of the time, there's no coming back. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely, completely can imagine and picture that. And I've seen it happen in, in some people when they don't, when they don't either do the confronting or allow the confronting. Because it's like a two, there's a two-part process of it. It's like, you know, uh, is it confrontation so crippling because you're afraid of receiving it? Or is it crippling to also give, you know, be confronting yourself? I really like that idea because um, I'm only thinking about it from me giving it. But mm -hmm. it's true. Like, uh, you can maybe you, that's what cripples you. Like, if if you weren't so scared of the confrontation that was going to come back at you, like the backlash, if you weren't scared of what was going to come towards you, then you wouldn't care um, what confrontation you started. It's like setting little fires, like, haha, like, I just burned your house, I just burned your car, but I'm good because you didn't say anything. So I think, like, now that I know that this person, if I set their car on fire or their house on fire, they might tell me, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> then I'll think twice about it. <laughs> so yeah. it could be, you know, it could be another perspective, like, yeah, what if I say something and this person blows up? Then, you know, 
do I lose them forever? Is that something else? Like, uh, do I care enough about this person to not give a shit if they like blow up and say, okay, well, you know, I wash my hands out of that and they're gone. Or um, what kind of level of what kind of relationship you have with that person? I think that also plays a part because at work, I think we we're more like, well, most people try to hold their emotions in and not, you know, try to have any confrontations or the most minimum confrontations because it's your job at risk. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and, so seeing it from those two perspectives, like like you said, you were looking at it from giving the confrontation. I was actually looking at it from receiving the confrontation. I would take that would be the crippling part, aspect of it for me if I'm thinking about it like that, not so much the giving. But, yeah, now now seeing it from your point of view, I can see how it can be crippling it from both ends of the spec of the, of the you know, topic. Um, now, Moving on to our second response. This was from Delhi from India, from Tara. This is what she said. I'm scared of something happening to the people I love. Not sure what the exact reason. Maybe it's because you hear of these things happening all around you, whether it's through the news, social media, or people you know. And obviously the thought of any separation is hard or even to see people you love in pain. Sometimes you wonder whether it is possible it might happen to you. Now, I think this is a big fear that we all have, you know, you know, scared that something would happen to our loved ones and people, you know, that, that are in our lives. But why are some people actually okay with the natural course of life? Um, <laughs> this touches home <laughs> uh, really hard for me because uh, I have experienced this many times and um, I can say that I'm leaning more towards the side where I feel like it's natural, um, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect me. Um, and I think I've uh, come to a space where I can understand that this is just the way of life. I can understand that, you know, these things can happen, you know, to me, to to the person that I'm with or to anyone around me, they can be hurt in a matter of seconds because this is life. Like I have an understanding that today we're here, tomorrow we might not be. And so I think with having that kind of idea in in my mind, it helps me normalize or kind of accept um, that these things can happen and eventually they will. Um, when I first started traveling and leaving my home, I was in New York and I ended up moving to Florida, which is not, not so far, but it wasn't my home anymore. And within three months of me being in Florida, I think it was the first week I started working. Um, so it must have been like uh, mid-August, September. Um, and I got a call at two o'clock in the morning and they told me my grandmother passed away. And so that was really hard for me because just a few days before I had spoken to her and now, I mean, she was, she wasn't home anyway. She was in, in New York, she was in Puerto Rico. And so I couldn't get to her. And I felt like I was so close because I had just bought my ticket the day before to go see her on Thursday. And uh, she passed away on a Wednesday. And I was so close to saying goodbye and it, it just didn't happen. And I think that's the part that we struggle with is our own kind of, it's kind of like being selfish. Uh, we won't 
have the opportunity to say goodbye or we won't have the opportunity to have that last memory. And so that's the hardest part. Sure, absolutely. I understand that completely. I am. Um, yeah, and, and uh, obviously relate. It's a difficult, it's a difficult um, thing that we have to go through in, in, you know, through the course of life. I think, um, you know, that is one like aspect of looking at you know like with our grandparents and and um, the elderly and you know um, uh, I find that you know some people might say that you know that that is hard and that that's a natural cause of life you know where eventually something happens and we get sick or you know and we pass um, but I, I think I have for myself and I think for many others is the 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 part you know when these things happen suddenly. It's, you know, a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 14, a 15, a two-year-old. And it's just like what, like you were saying about not being able to say goodbye. I think when the sudden things happen and it's not something illness and sickness that's been going on for so long, um, you just get stripped of that, just you look all that maybe an opportunity to resolve something. You know, people yeah. have certain things that, and, that they never resolved and or healed from and they just didn't have that time or or you know you could have a fight one day with 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 someone and you don't know what happens throughout the day and like the next day you know oh shit that was my last interaction with them yeah yeah it was the same uh when I was younger uh actually on my 21st birthday uh my 13 year old cousin passed away on my 21st birthday and it was the same, uh, 13 years old, was out in the street. There was a heat wave. Um, she also uh, suffered from asthma. And apparently that day, with, uh, you know, along with the asthma, along with the heat stroke, um, she had an asthma attack, an asthma attack, and her pump wasn't working. And since her asthma pump wasn't working, um, she, her, everything just closed up. And so her friend who she was with uh, called the ambulance. And unfortunately, um, as it was explained to me that on the way to the hospital, because of the heat stroke and, you know, the asthma pump, pump uh, medication not functioning as it should, um, she went into cardiac arrest and died. Mm. And so uh, this was between six seven in the morning where I got the news just telling me that my cousin was going to the hospital and me getting okay like nervous but you know I imagined she was 13 like it was gonna be okay um and so I got ready I was like uh like nervous and paying attention to my phone messaging my mother and my aunt to see what was going on but then also like you know, trying to go about my day because later on we were going to have a party and all of them were supposed to come over. So I was going to see her. In my mind, it was like maybe me being a little bit ignorant or saying like, ah, she's 13. Like, you know, they'll take her to the hospital, give her some medication. And, you know, by all means, this afternoon, she'll probably come over and then have to leave early because, you know, she needs to rest. Yeah. And that was my my perception at the moment. And then in less than... 20 minutes later, um, I got the message that she had passed away. And like, it took a long time for me to understand 
like why or like to figure like you know she was just here she's like 13 is just starting her life like why do these things happen and I think um when it comes whether they're older whether they're younger whether they were ill whether it's something that happened all of a sudden it's just something we ask ourselves all the time well why does this happen um and why didn't it happen to me sometimes I feel like we feel guilt um, that we kept going and these things happened to them. Mm. And I feel like even for um, anyone who has suffered a loss, either where it takes time or a loss that happens all of a sudden, um, there's always some kind of guilt. It might not happen right away. It might not happen like f- for a few years, but there's going to be a time for reflection where people start to believe, well, why did that happen to that person and it didn't happen to me? And what does that mean? Do I have like a further purpose? Do I have to create some kind of meaning in my life because I need to do something because, you know, their life was taken away so early? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. I see where you, yeah, exactly. Like all of what you're saying is like, yeah, it brings up feelings that I've had in the past and that. So why do you think then are, are some people, how do some people come with the fact of being okay with this, being okay with the natural course of life? Well, in my perspective, I think um, exposure can be one one reason. Uh, for me, I feel like when I was younger, I was always exposed to people dying um, because of the culture that I grew up um, in my church, um, which was basically full of older people um, who became like my extended family, who are my grandmas and grandpas. Eventually, because they were older, they would die off. So uh, I don't think I spent, you know, a few months without going to some kind of funeral. So even when I was younger, I was always exposed to death and I was always exposed to saying goodbye um, to many people, younger and older. Um, And so it's become so natural to me, even though it hurts me 100 percent when people pass away, it kind of feels natural, like this is what's supposed to happen. Whereas other people um, that I know that have experienced this kind of uh, sorrow or mourning later on in their life and didn't have to deal with it in their younger life um, take it on and it becomes a fear and so it's harder for them to move on and it affects their daily life and that's where that fear becomes crippling Uh, but for me who was exposed to it, it it becomes normal yeah, I get what you mean. Like, I think I think a lot of people, like, let's take the medical stuff, for example, you know, they would somehow have to be okay with the natural course of life because that's something they're exposed to on a daily basis. Yeah. It's a big level of acceptance to that. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I, I'm obsessed with older health. I'm obsessed with old people (laughs) just to say it I'm obsessed with with old people and and not so much what happens because I feel like I know what happens especially since I worked in a nursing home for nine years like I've seen it with my own eyes um but now like I've become so obsessed with like the healthcare and how they are treated and it's true like even we see it now uh with this corona where like uh, they were saving the ventilators for the younger people and like screw the old people they can die they've lived already and it kind of gives you like the sense of fear I think also when you're getting older that 
you know, once you're old, you don't matter anymore. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, whatever. So some people accept that. And some people are like, uh, that comes where it comes in, it becomes another fear where they're like, I don't want to get old because once that's I'm old, right. I'm done. That's right. That's another big fear. I think a lot of people are. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's like all tied in together, but it's different, different levels and different perspectives. But I think the main one is that one. If you were exposed to it when you were younger, then it seems normal. But if you weren't, then it's going to affect you like the first time. And and that that can be hard to overcome. Yeah. And I can understand that. But since I was exposed to it, it, it becomes just part of reality. Moving on to our third response was from Mark from Perth. These are his words. Thank you for sharing your fears. It was nice to be able to relate. One of my fears is that every relationship will end. He explains that he can be difficult, believes he has personality issues and there are things he can't change, and continues to say, who wants to put up with that long term? He believes the older you get, you get worse and your personality is more fixed and non-adjustable. Now, let's, oh uh, yeah, like she, like I'd like to know your thoughts and uh, of ways, like, you know, thoughts about this and ways you think it's possible to overcome this fear. Mark, I'm sending you hugs from here. <laughs> Mark, you're fine. Um, I think that this is a, a struggle that we all go through where we question ourselves and if, if we're, if we have the worth for other people to put up with us and, um, all of no one's perfect. We all have flaws. We all have things that we can improve. Um, I I can understand what you're saying uh, about getting older and it being harder to change. And I feel like it takes it takes a lot to do the change, but you can do it if you really want to. Um, I used to work in a nursing home, and there was a, a tri- I learned a ton of trivia and sayings just uh, working with older people and having to like you know read these sayings and see what they meant and stuff like that. And there was one that they always always mentioned to me, which was you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And in the beginning, I used to be like, oh yeah, you know, since I learned it when I was a teenager, I used to live by that. Like, oh, he's not gonna change, you know, on to the next one. And that was a really uh like selfish kind of thinking like to take this saying to heart because people do change like we adapt we change and if we find the other piece of the puzzle I feel like relationships are like pieces of puzzles so if you find a that piece of the puzzle that you're connected with um, that person is going to have and you're going to have the patience for that other person as well so there's this unlimited patience that who knows where it comes from because Maybe you didn't have it before. Um, speaking from experience, I have a ton of patience, you know, now that I never knew I could have. Um, and you're gonna and you're gonna find that person who's going to be able to help you change, not only deal with the things that you have to offer, good or bad, but also help you with the transition too. Not meaning that you're going to find someone who's going to change you. Um, That's not what you want to look for, but maybe find someone to work along with. Uh, Because we're all damaged goods in one way or another. And the most important thing to look for is someone who is willing to open up, share those damaged goods, and to accept them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. It's really good advice there. And I'm um, really, I like your thoughts about that. And um, yeah, I understand where this, this fear comes from. 
and you know you, you know you step step into a relationship it's a risk that you take and and a chance and you hope it works out I hope it works out and I guess when you do have these fear that every relationship will end there's a big part of it that is self-sabotage and not allowing it to like let's just see what happens let's just give it a try let's yeah. you know I'm not gonna focus on my past experiences this person is new so you know they don't they're not the same person that was in my past relationships. I'm going to try all new things, even things that I tried before. Why not try them again? See how this person reacts to them. Um, I think it's difficult to move forward if you have this fear, like to, um, you know, step into new relationships or to try. So, what, like, how would you say would be a way to overcome this fear then to, to stop, to allow yourself to try again? I think this goes back to your other podcast is basically opening up and letting the person um, know about this fear that you have, because if it's out on the table, um, it's easier to tackle because if it's hidden and it, the other person that you're trying to get to know um, doesn't know that you have this fear, then it becomes like that manifest destiny, like it's going to happen. But if you, you know, you find someone you are really into and you know that your fear is that it's going to end before it even starts, then you're kind of setting up for failure. That's it. But, yeah. But if you tell that person, you know, like this is what, you know, makes me nervous, then the person gets to know this side of you of, well, why? We just, you know, we're just getting to know each other. And that's how um, I think we have to look at it. Like when when one door uh, closes, another one opens. So I see when relationships end, and <laughs> I've been in so many as well. <laughs> I'm like, even though I say like I've never looked for relationships, I feel like out of all my friends, I've been in the most. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, and it tends that it so happens that they all broke up with me. So I would question myself and be like, well, I think I'm the problem if this is, you know, a pattern now. Um, but then, you know, going into the next relationship, if I go, if I went in saying, okay, this is, this was the problem that I thought I had, because, you know, some people don't, don't tell you what happened in the relationship. It just ends. And then you go through this heartbreak like the world is ending and then like a few months later when it wasn't real love you're just like oh I feel whew, I feel much better on to the next <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like if it's someone who who has this fear they should 100% say it out there put it out loud send it to the world and then that way it's kind of like you letting go of a, a piece of that fear and you're able to open up a bit more. Um, but don't put limitations on yourself because as human beings, we have proved over and over again that like we have no limits. Well, maybe physical limits, <laughs> you know, we're not superhuman, but mentally we have no limits. Um, we we are still learning more about ourselves and I think our journey continues throughout life as we keep changing and even though um you think you are not changing you have and you probably don't know it so the best thing to do is to put it out there and just to find that partner or that friend or someone who you want to be or for someone who wants to be able to help you in this journey 
Beautiful. I really love that. That's great advice there, Yami. Thank you so much. So it was very interesting hearing these different responses and adding to the conversation. Looking forward very much to next week's Get to Know You Cafe. But before we go, I just want to thank you, Yami, again for joining the, the cafe discussion. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always have a blast. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Get to Know You Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farrakh. Be sure to listen to Tuesday's podcast and send in your responses for us to include next Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe.